0: I think they're tied right now, right? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I'll click on it and find out here one yeah.
0: sec. Goats will probably win because they'll probably get, like, <laughs> 30 assists. <laughs> we'll all be wrong. We'll all be wrong. And you know what? That's okay.
2: Tech Hockey
1: Guide presents... The Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA, with your
2: host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom.
0: Thank you, Mitchell Lake, for the introduction. Welcome to episode nine of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. Uh, before we get going, we have another round of patrons to thank. We picked up two more this week. Patrick Coro, who went so far as to say that the THG podcast is better than a Netflix subscription, and Ben Whistler. Uh, thank you both for the support on the podcast. If you'd like to join them, please check out our Patreon site at patreon.com slash Guide. This week, we're going to discuss the BGSU series and take a deep dive on Bemidji and the BSU series, plus your questions and some other WCHA talk. Anything big that I'm missing, guys?
1: I don't know. The reason my screen just went black there is because uh, I'm pretty sure Michigan Tech was calling me to ask about my yearly donation. (laughs) Good timing, guys. I'm 99% sure that's what that uh, 906-487 number is.
0: (laughs) (coughs) Not happening. All right. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and start with the BGSU series. Or we'll talk more about not donating to Michigan Tech because...
3: (laughs) Donate to our podcast instead of Michigan Tech. Yes. Get ready for
2: the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: Yeah, so anyway, the BGSU series. Dustin, you didn't get to watch much. I missed most of Friday because my daughter got sick and we had to go to the clinic. That was a fun day for me. Yeah, it sounds
1: like sickness uh, is the story of the weekend then.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
3: I
1: don't know. I was in wine country.
3: You were in wine country. It was 60 degrees and sunny. Self-induced that sounds, sickness. That sounds
0: nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't allowed to go to the football game.
3: I, I did not go to the football game.
0: No, That was probably a good thing. Yeah, it was just a frustrating weekend
1: went. to hockey, though. There's no doubt about that.
0: It was because
1: it, it looked like something was missing the whole time.
0: You know, I tweeted out when I made the prediction that they were going to sweep. I didn't realize, like, half the team was sick with the flu or yeah. whatever it was. And that makes a huge difference on it. Pretty impressed, honestly. Like, you don't want to talk about moral victories, but given the circumstances, I thought they played really well. You know, they dug too big of a hole Friday night. You know, they can't give up three before they score and expect to get anywhere. But all in all, they they did pretty well. I think my bigger disappointment is not being able to finish off Saturday's game and get that win after... um, was it Hallinan had that highlight reel goal? Yeah, both to goals. Take the lead?
1: Both goals on Saturday night were pretty. Bryce's goal was a pretty one too, and then Hallinan just went and won up the crap out of it.
0: Yeah, that was that was a great goal, and and you know they had what nine minutes left to kill, and and they managed to give up the tying goal, and and then lose in the three on three. So at least they got the NCA tie, but it. Uh, yeah, and Jerusalem did not have a great weekend. I was honestly surprised that he started Saturday. Just because it felt like Friday's was more than like a a change the momentum. Like, he did not have a good game in, on Friday. And I was kind of surprised that he didn't get the night off Saturday to just, you know, regroup and then let somebody else play a game. Yeah, and who, who knows what who the knows health how was. healthy the right. other two goalies were as well. Right. But but yeah, you're right. What the hell?
1: I mean, the, the pairwise implications of that one too are are decent with Bowling Green being one of the you know teams that's got some wins out out of the conference and a team with a winning record too. So that's one that I felt like if we had a healthy team, the results would have definitely been different.
0: I agree. At home, healthy team, you know they're at least getting that split and. Possibly still, you know, possibly the points are reversed.
1: One of the big things, like all that kept popping through my head as, as I'm watching the game and some of the, you know, the scoring stuff was Drew's mention earlier when we talked to him the first time this year, how I said I was glad Bednard was gone. And he said, oh, I thought Rauhauser would be the one you missed more. Yeah. Yeah, I've changed my mind. Rauhauser can go now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just a, that guy's huge back there, too, for them. Yeah.
0: You know the one good thing that came out of this that I think one of the questions on Joe's show this week brought up was, and and Joe was not on the show today or this week. It was uh, Coach Brooks, and then they had a lengthy conversation with Calvin Larson about the SID stuff. Which the one question that Calvin got that I'm disappointed in his answer was which like other athletic department SID is does he like pay attention to slash.
1: Look up to or who's the best. Respect
0: the most. And he talked about like some of the the big, big 10 schools and the NCHC schools, but somehow he failed to mention Dartmouth. Dartmouth has by far the best social media out there, and they did not get mentioned. I felt like I, I needed to bring that up today.
1: They are the only reason I know what goes on in Eastern College hockey. It is solely from the Dartmouth Twitter feed. Whoever runs that account is a freaking genius. I love their weekly poll update. It is my favorite thing to see on Monday morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do a great job. But to get back to the other question, you know, somebody asked about, you know, how good it was for, I think it was Noble and Datama to get regular minutes on Saturday and whether or not they should be like a bigger part of the team now going forward and I think the answer is yes but you still have to have spots for it but it's nice to know that that depth's there both of them did well you know Noble did pretty well on face-offs I think
1: yeah he did real well on the face-offs this weekend uh, that was one of the specific things that was mentioned when talking about his performance over the weekend and face-offs is something we've with the exception of Smith I think haven't done that well on this year
0: yeah Noble was 8-2 this week or on the 11th yeah. So on Saturday he was eight and two.
1: Yeah, I don't. Did he play on on Friday? I don't know.
0: No, I don't, yeah, I don't think so he did. Him and we uh, were both sick. I think for Friday and then better for Saturday. Yeah, it's sad that we didn't do better because you got a chance to beat somebody that is around you and we're now sitting behind them in the standings. Right after that. Yep. Yeah, that we are. And you know it. It doesn't get. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this weekend goes too, because you know, Bemidji's second, but I think that's kind of false with their schedule so far. But you know, we're we're currently sitting sixth. They're basically six teams to care about, so we need to do a better job of finding a way to, you know, move up a couple spots so we avoid going to Alaska and and if that's how it plays out. Oh if we do it. It'll up, be interesting to see. If we
1: end up going to Alaska and going to try to figure, figure that six, one out.
0: <laughs> on a week's notice, man, that'd be tough. Yeah, we'll
1: see what happens. I got a place to stay, I think.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's that helps. And you didn't get the chance to watch. You got anything you want to say about it at all, Dustin?
3: No, I, I, I was just, I was disappointed to see the news that everybody was sick. I, I was following along on Twitter as uh, best I could on vacation, and as soon as I saw all the tweets about. So many players being sick, I kind of put the phone away for the night and just decided that I should just enjoy my vacation and check back in later.
0: <laughs> Not a bad idea. It wasn't the hockey we wanted to play, but we found a way to keep it close after falling behind, and 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 that's good to see. Like they didn't quit, and they certainly, you know, they should have come out with a split if they could have just finished. And I and I'm guessing, unlike most games where they usually get better at the end saturday was the case of the flu catching up to them like just not having the energy for
1: yeah i think so you could just see the step was people were slowing down
0: yeah
3: i did see the um highlight reel goal from hallenden
1: yeah
3: i i saw the replay of that on twitter on saturday night and wow that was beautiful yeah
1: that that was dog making grumpy yelling on my part at home watching here (laughs)
0: <laughs> that, that that's that's like an all decade goal yeah, for that was, that decade, was beautiful right?
1: that toe drag around the poke check mm, so nice
0: <laughs> anything you guys want to talk about that's like outside like in the WCHA in general or other stuff in college hockey
1: uh, I think the one thing that could be talked about a little bit this week are the uh, NCH, a couple of those penalties that they had over over there that I think Perunovic didn't get a suspension for his hit from behind, and then there was the um, fighting Hawks trying to murder someone through the back of his head that he got a suspension for. Have you guys seen those?
0: Yeah, I think I posted one of them in our podcast thread with the, where the, the North Dakota guy just trying yeah. to – Kill somebody yeah, I or, don't know. Yeah, Pinto. I don't know.
1: Those things to me should be more than one game.
0: Yeah, he he did get suspended. Didn't he, he, he did get I a know. he
1: did get one game supplemental. Yeah.
0: And then Perunovic somehow didn't. Yeah, I don't think Perunovic
1: did. Perunovic, I think it was a, It might have been Matt Wellens that actually posted a list of the, of the NCHC folks. There's two of them that are on the edge of actually getting an automatic suspension for too many misconducts. For the we hit three, and you get a automatic suspension, I believe. Okay, interesting. And that's Prunovich's well, second. That,
3: I saw that Pinto. There's some news article about Pinto was getting courted by major juniors, and he was at the at the um, worlds.
0: Yeah, those were. So they that came from like Canadian press, and he has point blank said like it never happened. Like the only time he's ever talked to the is it the Senators own his rights? I think. The senator's g m or whatever was like in the off season, and he basically just mentioned the other path and said, "You do whatever you wanna do. That's what he's come out and said, whereas the other stuff was I think like Ontario people trying to stir shit not that it's not true,
3: but well, who knows if he's gonna be making hits like that, somebody should just drive him to the border and leave him,
1: <laughs> yeah."
3: We don't need him in college hockey. He can go play major juniors.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I don't understand. That doesn't need to be in hockey anywhere. I mean, the the guy is back turned to him, completely unaware of what's coming. He's getting up off the ice, and he literally jumps on his back and cross checks him to the back of the neck.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not cool for you guys listening. I'll definitely throw that video up in the liner notes, and maybe this week's liner notes will say more than I'm tired. Enjoy the uh, highlights. <laughs> Talk to you later.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, uh, maybe we'll a new segment we can have. do is, is highlight one Twitter account to follow from around college hockey that's not us, although <laughs> we've already thrown two of them out there this week.
0: <laughs> Our good friend Dave Ellis posted on the WCHA thread on USCHO the list of how many wins each team in the WCHA has on the road so far. And I thought it was a really interesting list to look at. So right now, Minnesota State has nine road wins and one neutral site win. Tech has eight and two. Bowling Green has eight. Northern and Alaska have six. Bemidji State has five. Ferris has three. Lake State has two. And Anchorage has one. And that's basically...
3: Did he forget about Huntsville?
1: Uh, They have have
0: zero on the road. They probably have zero. (laughs) Do they?
1: I, uh, I don't think they have a win on the road.
0: Do they they are, probably don't. Yeah. Well, they have one win, and I don't think it was on the road.
1: No, they—they uh—they beat our favorite friends from Marquette, but that was at the Von Braun Center.
3: <laughs> yep. They have um two moral victories in Grand Forks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like how we can consider five-two beatings back to back moral victories. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days for Tech, though. But you know, I think that's an interesting way to look at things. And if Tech was doing better at home, we'd you know we'd be where we belong in conference with that kind of road record. And I think that's pretty close to where I think things will end up standings wise.
1: Oh, I wouldn't be sad if they ended up in that order. That looks kind of nice. Yeah, I wouldn't mind sitting in second and watching Northern fly to Alaska.
0: That would be cool. With me. <laughs> But it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out, and we've all we've talked about this a couple times. I know um, our good friend uh, Shane Frederick brought up that you know Bemidji State's currently second in the conference, yet they're not in the national poll. They're receiving votes, and I'm like, well, I think a lot of that's because they really haven't played anybody yet. They haven't played Mankato yet. They haven't played Tech. You know, they lost most of their non-conference schedule. They've basically beaten up on the crappy. WCHA team so far and their second half is way tougher than their first half so it's time to see what they're going to do the next month or two
1: here's their remaining schedule they have tech at the Mavericks Bowling Green at home at Northern Anchorage and then Minnesota State again that is not the schedule you want to see when you look at the schedule and go crap this is how we got to finish our year out I mean that's that's a brutal run of games with the exception of the Alaska ones and those Alaska ones are in Anchorage
0: well and the only team that they've played in the top half of the conference so far is Alaska. They played Alaska four times. Everything else is against Ferris Lake State and Anchorage so far. It's a weird schedule that, that like it's yeah, you know some sure. of that's the nature of scheduling, but like it's weird that they've somehow managed to not play anybody in the top half and the, other than Alaska and now all they have left is the top half except for Anchorage. So, yes, they're second, but they're going to struggle to stay there for sure and struggle to stay in the top four.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, way their schedule worked out this year. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, kind of the opposite of or the, similar to what Tech did last year, right, where they seemed to have all the easy games up front and were able to build and then somehow they fell apart instead of using that growth to get better.
1: I do got to admit I I will 100% be cheering for Northern as they go out to Cornell. Tied for number 1 in the nation I think in some of the polls, right?
0: Yeah, and what are they now in Pairwise? They're up there there in two, that too, right? They are number 1 in the Pairwise. Oh,
1: they're one now.
0: Yeah. Cuz North Dakota lost.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a real that's I think it's the is it the last. I believe it's the last according to the
0: Oh, no, we uh Anchorage still plays somebody.
1: Oh, they've Ooh, got an Arizona State game place. series, okay, sure, so those are the yep, last four uh, out of conference games for the league, right, so
0: right, so this weekend is basically the last shot, the last legitimate shot for the conference to find a way to get multiple teams in real or you know if Northern somehow sweeps this, then we have a chance at three again.
3: One of those three will be northern though
0: it will oh
1: with conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't, I don't know if cornell's got a way that you can watch the games for free or if they've got a paid service or whatever but that's one i'll try to watch
0: yeah we'll have to see if we can figure that out i don't know what they have um but that's something where like i think i'm okay with northern making the tournament
1: i am too as long as they st cloud it yeah
0: as long as they st cloud as long as you know that that means they take away a spot from some other conference so that's fine with me but like we said last weekend, and I think, Dustin, were you the one that found the, the Craig Dahl stuff? The,
1: no, I, I sent um, that stuff out there. So there's, no, there's you another resource that, that people me. might not might not know about, but Craig Dahl runs this, abs- college hockey ranked. this absurd set of stats about what you need to do to get where in the paradise from a probability standpoint. And uh, if you feel like math nerding out for a while on college hockey stuff, his stuff is fantastic.
3: Wait. Craig Dahl, the Dalai Lama, a uh, former coach.
0: No, no, this is a North Dakota fan. Oh,
1: he's he's the Dalai Lama of uh, of pairwise stats and predictions.
0: Well, uh, he's actually the one that helped us get our pairwise predictor working right. by explaining what what was wrong with our calculator. Oh, Jim Dahl. Jim Dahl. Dahl. Uh, Jim Dahl. There you had go. me excited there, thinking
3: that the former St. Cloud coach was back in in, in business the world? again.
0: No. So yeah, so he's got a great little thing where he forecasts pairwise. Um, he had said going into the weekend that, uh, what was it?
1: I think it's not. It doesn't update itself automatically. He has to run it each week, I believe, right?
0: Right. Yeah, because it takes a long, like he basically has to like process each each one. But he basically said that uh, for Michigan Tech to be where they needed to be and pairwise they needed to win. 12 games oh no so i guess that he did rerun yeah it's been rerun
1: now that i'm looking at it here too yeah
0: yeah so basically for us i mean and you got to remember that this is before playoffs so playoffs means playoffs means more games which means more chances to get better and uh, so this is basically at the end of the conference schedule the end of regular season pairwise predictions if we win 12 games we are we have a chance of not being on the bubble but more than likely we're still on some kind of bubble yeah and so that from, basically is winning out now if,
1: if i'm reading this correctly winning 10 to 12 games will put us anywhere from 12th to 14th in the pairwise and we all know that 16th is nearly guaranteed historically to go toward you know Atlantic hockey's auto bid right yeah, it's it's pretty rare that that doesn't go to Atlanta Hockey's auto bid at this point. You have to be above above fifteen for sure to get rid of that that first bubble point. I
0: feel like I feel like twelve is your safe line.
1: I think twelve is your like minimum safety, right? I mean that's that's taking four auto bids above you.
0: You know you're like ninety five percent confident you're gonna still get right. in at that point, point. and that basically means we have to win. 12 games to get there right now. And we have 12 games left.
1: Even even winning 12 games, according to his calculations, depending on how other things happen, we could still sit 15th.
0: Yeah. If we win 12 games, we're top two or three in the conference. Right? I mean, we have to be. Uh, which puts us home ice, which puts us playing, you know, honestly, from a pairwise perspective, depending on how, difficult it is tech probably wants to finish third from a pairwise perspective so you play a little better team in that first round and you're playing one of the other top six but then you have a harder shot at actually sweeping and getting out
3: and you don't have a home series weekend two if you do win
0: correct which makes that more difficult unless there's an upset but one and two are not likely to like from a from a advancing and getting in by the auto bid you want to finish top two, which basically means you're trying to finish second right now. That's where I'm at with that. Anything else on that, guys? I think we're good. Now we can kind of parlay that into our discussion. We got a question a long time ago about road trips. Hey, we've finally been um, somewhere. And we finally been somewhere that we're going to. So we're going to take a little time here to talk about... Bemidji road trips and what we like about going to Bemidji. Some of the things we like best about town there.
3: Dustin, you want to start? Sure, I can definitely do that. So over the last several seasons, all three of us have made the trip to Bemidji and a couple of us multiple times. And I think overall, uh, I'd be pretty accurate to say that we all enjoyed ourselves and had a lot of fun in Bemidji. I'm going to start off by giving some hotel recommendations if anybody is making the trip for this uh, series. There are three hotels that are basically right next to the arena. One of them is actually attached to the arena, which I think is a country inn and suites. Yep, you're correct. And the uh, the other two uh, share a parking lot or are, are right next, adjacent to the same parking lot as the the arena. And that's the, the Double Tree and the Hampton Inn and Suites. All of those are super convenient, and the two that are a little bit further away, if you don't want to walk across the parking lot, they also have a shuttle to take you to the game.
0: And I'll throw in the Candlewood Suites, which is pretty close to our pizza place. That I think they also have a shuttle, okay. and they're very close.
3: Yeah, so... Hotel options in Bemidji are, are very convenient, um, and Bemidji can get super cold this time of year, so walking across that parking lot might really suck. Right off the lake. Yeah, yeah right yeah, off it's, Lake Bemidji. It's,
1: it's not warm there. It was, it was cold. <laughs> it was cold last year. Real cold. <laughs> yeah,
3: well... well.
0: You know, we did have to spend time outside more than normal last year being the entire game, Minnesota, game. <laughs> and having an outdoor yeah, game. That, it,
1: that's one of the coolest things that, from a road trip perspective. I think that's one of my favorite things I've been involved in. That was that was a really neat event.
3: What was it? Minus 12? Minus 12? I'm pretty sure it was like minus 25 it was more for more night 12. game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It was cold, but it was a ton of fun. Even though Tech lost, that was one of the most entertaining and best experiences on a road trip I've had is watching an outdoor game. It was it, so
1: many people that, I mean, when you get into a, into the arena, you've got some people that aren't active in the game, right? They're just sitting there watching. Everybody at the Hockey Day in Minnesota thing was standing up because, well, one, if you sat down, your your rear would literally freeze to the seat. So everybody was standing anyways because it was downright frigid but everybody was up standing cheering it was just fantastic that atmosphere was great yeah. and then the giant they, they tent a... next door was fan, was warm mm-hmm. for one
3: <laughs> yeah they, they did they did a really really good job uh, putting on that event it was um it was great
0: that's this weekend
3: is it yeah
0: in um, minneapolis i think it's this weekend already okay
3: i'm not planning on going this year some food recommendations uh, there are Surprisingly, several places in Bemidji that we've got some pretty good food. I'm going to throw out there right by the arena, Keith's Pizza. It was recommended to us last year. It is not too long of a walk from either of the any of the hotels we mentioned or from the arena and uh it was the, the pizza was excellent. And they're open late enough to go
0: after the game. You might want to get there right away after the game, but they're open late enough to eat there after, which was a big deal to us. We we used to not like going to Bimbi at all because we couldn't find anything to do after the game for food other than Applebee's. And you don't really go on a road trip to go to Applebee's for dinner. So, um, it's nice to have a change now where there's options that we really like.
3: Yeah, so the, the other pizza place in town is Dave's Pizza. And that come, has come very highly recommended to us many times. Uh, but their hours are a little weird. So... Uh, it's always been a big challenge for us to actually get there when they're open because they're only open for dinner and it happens to be right at game time pretty much every year. This year, the game starts a little earlier, um, on Saturday night. So there might be a chance to get there after the game and get some pizza at Dave's Pizza. Fun fact about Dave's Pizza. It is, well, at least at one point, I think it's still owned by Pete Fenson, um, from
1: USA Curling. Oh, really? I didn't realize that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. there was a couple times there where we were trying to go in there so we could, like, BS with Fenson after the huh. U.S. curling team stuff, but we never managed to pull it off because their hours are terrible for a hockey fan.
3: Yep, so those are two pizza options. Um, I think, Tim, you have a couple other places that you like that you're going to mention.
0: Well, you know, we never had much before. Um, how, I don't even know how we got... Turtle River Chop House recommended to us, because it's not really... It's out there a ways.
1: It's outside of town. It's
0: like a good 15-minute ride, but it's well worth it if they're open. Um, I do believe if you want to go there, you need to go... If you're go up there for a hockey trip, you're going to have to go before the game, because I don't think they're open after, late enough in the winter.
3: But they're open in the afternoon and for, like, happy hour and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it's a good idea to go... You know, if you're going to
0: go there, probably try and go have dinner there at like 4 o'clock and beat the dinner rush so you can get in, get a table, get out. But the Turtle Lake Chop House is great. I don't think any of us have had a meal there that we didn't like, and we tried a bunch of stuff.
1: I've only ate there once, and it was delicious.
0: And they even have good sushi, which is kind of odd for a northern Minnesota place. I would not have expected that, but it was good. Yeah, I was very skeptical um, on that one. <laughs> there, There isn't much that I've ever had there I I think everything we've ever had there was good. And I think part of the reason we maybe ended up there was because that one year for the playoffs, we were staying relatively close to it at mm-hmm. Rutgers because yep. that's what we could find. And it's good. And somehow that that restaurant is owned by the same people that own a couple other places in town. One of them is called Bar 209, which Dustin's friend introduced us to. And that restaurant all by itself is basically what switched our opinion of Bemidji on the spot
3: in a um, previous location they've, they've um they since location. moved to a newer bigger spot because it it the old place was just packed all the time it yeah was it's, very it's busy. a much bigger
0: now it's more of a, it was
1: still jam-packed last year though that i think
3: it was
0: we, it's actually worse now because it's uh like it is the place to go after a game because they have such a good happy hour deal till is it 11?
3: 11, I think.
0: Yeah, so the problem is the kitchen's open till 11. So you can go there and get awesome burgers after after the game, but you're going to struggle to find a place to sit and eat it because everybody else wants to be there getting their two-for-ones and everything else. All the college students it's, are there yeah, trying to say, get their it's, drink Yeah, I was
1: going to say, it's the college. I realize we're talking about college hockey, but if if, if you're a student, that's, that's the place to go, it seems, from what I could tell.
0: It is. And then... Bar two oh
3: nine is also Well, I'll bring up the other one. The other one that, that we checked out last year for lunch one day was um of all things a Thai restaurant.
1: Yeah, that was um, good stuff.
3: It was it's called uh Tara or Tara Bemidji. Thai restaurant and craft beer bar. Right. We went there for lunch. Pappers and, and Thai food. food. I'm
1: I'm good. Yeah. I can stay there a while.
3: Yep. So that that place was pretty good too. I'd, I'd throw a recommendation out for that.
0: Yeah, and then the, so the other place I was mentioning uh, is right next door to Bar Two and owned by the same people. It's called Red Stew Bar- Breakfast Bar. Uh, very, very good breakfast. Not terrible prices. Very good. I mean, uh, I loved it. Did you get to go there? No, I haven't gotten to that one. Rob, you went there. Yeah, that's didn't you? where
1: we went on Sunday morning before we all started driving back. And I don't think. Yep. I wasn't driving on the way back, so I had uh, had a couple Bloody Marys there. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, very good. Oh, only open, you know, seven to three breakfast, brunch, but uh well worth the time and effort. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Rob, you had something else you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, the brew. yeah, then you can't talk about Bemidji without talking about Bemidji brewing too, right? The right the brewery has got a really nice uh really nice tap room there. Feels a lot like the KBC, right? People are lounging around. You can bring food in, I believe, as well. Uh so similar real similar feel to the KBC just a real good craft brewery that's there on the back side of town kind of really close to where bar 209 and and uh and Red Stew are but you know is really not that big of a town right as long as you're in that downtown area there are all these places we've been talking about are you can walk pretty easily once you get downtown amongst those areas if you're staying at one of the hotels Dustin mentioned so you know it's a it's a bit of a drive to get there from anywhere but Houghton is too right and we all we're all are proud of our town so You know, if you get up to Bemidji, you're you're gonna have a good time. It's it's a fun place to visit.
0: Uh on to the series preview. Anything you guys want to talk about there?
1: Please get over the flu. Please get over the flu,
0: yeah. This is not the weekend to test out the whole give up the first goal theory.
1: Especially with Bemidji General. Bemidji's style is get that goal and then just grind everything to a halt everywhere totally i don't know if bemidji does like the equivalent of like a blue line luncheon but one thing with bemidji is if you can ever get to a blue line luncheon that involves them Saratori is fantastic to listen to if you ever get a chance to actually hear him talk and and uh and give uh, give a little speech he's he's one of those guys you want to get in and listen to
0: yeah i he is he is a great him and his brother are both great talkers and you know some of the best you know, press conference you ever see here from his brother at Air Force. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. I I think, you know, if Tech is healthy, that's the big qualifier there that, like, I I don't see how they get swept.
1: Well, my hope is health, both healthy and disappointedly angry at the results last weekend.
0: The only other thing that I notice is Bemidji has an extra day's rest as well because they played Thursday, Friday this week. Against in in uh, Alabama,
1: I think the big thing is just getting back to uh, getting back to the regular cadence of Friday Saturday hockey. You know, is always nice.
0: Yeah, I think that helps. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how they do. I I don't know. It, it it's hard to say. You got anything, Dustin?
3: No, it's it's tough because it, it, you know it's hard to know you know how much of that flu is going to still have an impact. Hopefully it was the tail end of it and we don't have more guys coming down with it still. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to know that being you know, not within the program.
0: And you're not even, you know, even if you're around the program, other than being obvious of who's not practicing, but, you know, who's not practicing today or, you know, Monday or Tuesday doesn't necessarily have any implications of who's going to be able to play Friday, Saturday. You're not going to know, you know, the, 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 worst case scenario for them is somebody that hasn't been sick travels with the team on Thursday and then gets sick on Friday. So hopefully nothing like that happens and they they travel a good and maybe maybe Joe will take it upon himself to travel the full allotment this week to cover himself for that kind of stuff. But who knows what'll happen there. Hopefully they're healthy or most of the guys are back, most of the guys are on the recovery side of things and you know, the one big thing that I think is going to be helpful this weekend, you know, you know it would be better to be at home this weekend so they'd have the ability to rotate more guys. But I think, you know, more than likely you're going to see whoever travels is going to play Saturday if they're not all healthy right now. So you get, you know, you're going to have two guys that didn't play Friday that do play Saturday. Um I guess that depends on whether or not they travel all 23 or whatever it is.
1: Well, I think with being sick, but, everybody's traveling, right? I mean, you can't take that. I don't. Well,
0: they 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 have been traveling 22 to conference games because of like they're not going to pay for an extra room for sure, one person. Sure, sure. So I don't know if they'll take it upon themselves to do 23 for this one or not. I kind of hope the conference upset the 24 next year. Yeah, having it being an odd ex- number
1: is weird from a hotel room perspective, right? I mean, I don't get that. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah, and let the teams decide if they want to travel their third goalie or bring another skater. Like it makes more sense to me to go to 24 and be able to bring two forwards and two two defensemen that aren't part of your um not extra skater portion and then you have a, the ability to swap out, you know, all,
3: you know, all that. So I think that'd be good to do that. Um so what are the odds that Bowling Green now plays Minnesota State with a bunch of guys in the with the flu this next weekend? <laughs>
1: uh,
3: this one know. this might be the gift that keeps on giving.
0: It might be, but then what? Then who's, Minnesota who's State goes. Who's team zero on... here?
1: Do we get this from Michigan or <laughs> Arizona State? <laughs> then someone start then, tracing this then Minnesota.
0: crap. Then Minnesota State gives it to Bemidji State, but in the process loses to Bemidji State, making it harder for us to leapfrog them in standing. That's not good. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. I don't know. You know, it's possible that Bowling Green could take, come down with it, but I also don't know how much of that. Like, I feel like your opponent interaction isn't as big as your, your locker room interaction, but I guess it only takes one guy to get it from a tech player for for it possibly to go through the Bowling Green locker room. Who knows?
1: Either way, it's, just a, it's a crappy situation to have such an important conference series game be decided not only by that, but have, such a hu- have that play such a huge role in, 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 in how the games went.
0: But at the same token, I'm glad they got sick after Arizona State and the GLS. Sure, sure. Um, and thankfully, we were playing Bowling Green and not... Well, the only problem is is maybe if you played Anchorage, you might have been able to still sweep them while being sick. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about the series. Uh, don't fall behind this weekend is, is the best advice I can give, and it's certainly don't fall behind 2-0 or 2 goals. You're going to be in big trouble against Bemidji. So hopefully that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, the give up one goal and rally method really doesn't apply to Bemidji's games, I don't think.
0: Do we want to do some predictions for the weekend? So let's start with Minnesota State going to Bowling Green. What do you guys think?
3: I'm picking the flu. I'm going to say Mankato wins and both. <laughs>
0: picking against the flu. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Rob? I think
1: this is one where we we could finally see Minnesota State split one in conference. I'll, I'll call a split on this one. They're at they're at Bowling Green, right?
0: They're at Bowling Green, yeah, and Bowling Green split in Mankato, uh. But I, I think I'm gonna go with Dustin and call the sweep for Mankato. Just Bowling Green didn't, you know, uh, we played really well against them considering how limited yeah. we were for players, and I just don't think. I think they're hitting some kind of wall with Eigner, and it's just not really clicking the way they want it to right now. And I, I'm gonna go with the Minnesota State sweep.
1: How about Northern and Cornell? We can talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, too.
0: I think that's the other one to go to. Dustin, you went well. Or Rob, you can start on that one since I made had Dustin start on the last one. I mean,
1: I, I really want to see Northern split out there, but I don't think so. I think they get uh, they get swept. Long road trip, ways to go. Top team in the country that knows they need to keep rolling. I think uh, I think Northern's going to get swept out there this weekend because they uh, they suck. Okay,
3: Dustin. <laughs> I was originally thinking that it was uh, I was gonna pick a Cornell sweep, but yeah, I'm gonna go out on the limb and, and say that Northern does pull off one and and it's a split. I don't have any specific reason for it. It's just a it's just a hunch.
0: Yeah, I I don't like going like well, I feel like going last I just get stuck being do I agree with Rob or do I agree with Dustin <laughs> you could pick uh, a northern sweep. I'm not picking a northern <laughs> sweep. I'd love to see a northern sweep for the pairwise implications. Yeah, and yeah, and I do I also I do not it. think I do not think Cornell is the best team in the country.
1: The math says they are.
0: I know it does, but that like the season's not over. Their resume might be the best at this point, but I don't think they are the best team in the country. I think yeah, I think I, I, I think Northern's going to get points this weekend, so I'll just take the split and agree with Dustin because I, I think, I think maybe Cornell might be, you know, a little overconfident at this point. I don't think Northern is going to be. I think Northern is going to go in there knowing what they need to do, and and they'll find a way to get something out of this weekend. And I'm going to say a split. Uh, is there anything else that we really want to do for WCHA? We got Alaska at Ferris in Huntsville at Anchorage (laughs) but yeah I think we're ready to go to our question now so we got two questions this week and one of them is right up Ryan's alley so we decided to have him join us for this question in case you guys don't know this is Ryan Johnson from Johnson's Jerseys he's also one of the photographers for Tech Hockey Guide um, and he gets to enjoy our lovely, uh, discord, well, not discord, our lovely Slack chat for all of our stuff for tech hockey. And, uh, so the big question we got today was from a uh, patron, Patrick Coro. And he said with a 100 year Jersey for, or the mention of a 100 year Jersey for next series season during the Joe Sean hour this, this week rank the top five jerseys all time from Michigan tech history can be a season or one-off tribute jersey other than and then other than tech what are your favorite current NCA jerseys so ryan why don't we let you start since you're the the jersey connoisseur here
4: okay well thanks first for uh thanks for having me on um i hope this is gonna be like a four-hour podcast but i'm gonna <laughs> try to keep it to, to a brief answer here for you I think normally when anybody gets me talking jerseys, I can ramble on for hours. But we'll try to keep it on point here for you guys. Um, you know, the nice part is that Michigan Tech has had such a long history. You know, we're coming up on 100 years. And for the most part, we've had really traditional jersey designs. Uh, you know, whether you like it or love it, you know, we've had that script huskies across the front for a long time. Uh, I know I tend to ruffle some feathers. I like to see <laughs> new and creative things. Um, <laughs> So I think if I'm going to put one at the top of the list, I'm going to go with the traditional script Huskies from the period of uh, 1995 to 2001, uh, the gold version. And the reason I really like that style of jersey that we had towards the end of the 1990s is we incorporated silver striping into the jerseys. You know, everybody thinks of tech as black and gold, uh, but metallic silver is one of the school colors, and I've really liked it anytime they've put Uh, that silver touch into the jerseys. I would love to see Tech do, you know, a silver alternate jersey someday, just something different. I've seen a few other schools really pull off some nice-looking silver alternate jerseys, you know, from our own conference. Uh, Alaska Anchorage has done one. Huntsville has done one. And then some of the schools out east, Robert Morris and UNH have done some really sharp ones as well. But that's always been kind of in in the back of my mind as a wish from Tech to see that alternate silver. But that's why I picked – that version of the Husky script from the late 90s. Some of the other ones that are, are real high on my list, um, we did a black jersey starting at the end of the 1990s, went into the 02 season where we had the um, infamous piano dog featured on the front. And then directly below it, we had the Michigan in gold tech in black logo that we've since decided we can't use anymore. You know, we have to have everything one color. Um, But I really like that one as well. We did some nice striping on the sleeves. And again, the wanting to see something different side of me, we did some rounded numbers on the back, arched names. It just looked really sharp in my opinion. And uh, I was glad to see us change it up a little bit. That's
1: the Taggart Desmond model for those following along on Ryan's website at this point. Yep.
0: Well, I guess that's one of them. I was yeah. looking at the. Uh, I, I don't know
1: about you, but I, I but, went right to johnson'sjerseys.net, and every time he talks about one of them, I'm looking at it because even though I grew up with all these, I do not have the encyclopedic knowledge that Ryan does yeah, of the yeah. style. I was
0: looking at the uh, the Clint Way jersey, but yeah, I think Taggart's is similar. Yeah, there's
4: a couple of them on there. The Clint Way, uh, the Justin Brown are very similar. Yeah. Um, the other the other couple that I kind of rounded out the list with. Um, one from very recent history that's still on the ice for the Huskies. I am really in love with our current black jersey that we did, uh, which mimics our look from the 1932-33 season. If any of you have ever had a chance to walk up behind the suites at the MAC, um, we have that jersey on display there, or the team has that jersey on display. Um, Just a beautiful jersey, and the latest version they've pulled off starting in 2017 Uh, It's magnificent. I went right to Tech Hockey Guide and ordered one up as soon as I saw it because I wasn't even going to wait for one to uh, come onto the collector's market three or four years from now. I really wanted one of those in my collection right away. Uh, Just a beautiful classic look. And again, it was something different other than the Husky script across the front. Well,
1: I, going from the, the previous two black jerseys to that one are so much better. I mean, the, the first Tech jersey we had there, you know, two Tech jerseys back, the black jersey we had was just the Michigan Tech on the front with a number in the middle. I mean, that was all right. And then you went to the one with the big rondel on the front where you literally can't sit with it because when you sit down, it, like, stabs you in the face. <laughs>
0: yeah, I never liked that jersey from a fan-wearing it yeah. perspective. I like
1: the way it looks, but it just doesn't it doesn't work well as a fan jersey at all.
0: No, I liked the Michigan Tech with the number on the front and then the seal and the UP. It's a Bemidji badges.
1: State or a North Dakota jersey, just recolored to ours.
0: I I totally accept that. Like, not every idea we're gonna have is gonna be original. But uh, like, I still love the uh, the what late two thousands the the first Russell jerseys, the the, the Husky the dazzles? not the one where the yeah the dazzles, but not when the Husky was like. The Huskies was like straight. I don't understand why they ever did that, but the uh...
4: I think that's a straight up manufacturing defect because I'm sure some engineer at Tech planned out that exact angle for our script font, and I think that's just a misapplication. I've seen it everywhere from 45 degrees to flat across, and even a little bit downward a couple of years, and I think that's just the manufacturer doesn't understand.
0: And that's why we should always use Exclusive Pro so they do it right every time and it's always the same instead of this crap where we just pick random companies to do stuff. But yeah, I like the like 2010 to 2012 black jersey. Uh, maybe it's a soft spot because of it coming out when I was you know running the Misfits and, and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, but did you have another one? How many did you give there? Three or four?
4: That was three. I had penciled in two other ones that I thought were, were pretty high on my list, um, and they're very brief appearing jerseys in the history of tech hockey. Um, I'll save this one, uh, one other one for the last one, but the, the fourth one I had was the military tribute jersey that we did back in 2017. Again, I know I might go a little against the grain <laughs> here, uh, but I really love that new logo they've come out with, and that was the first time we got to see that as a primary logo. And really, the only time we've seen it as a primary logo on the front of the jersey, we tried to hide it in camouflage, um, but I thought it looked really sharp on there.
0: Um, Are you still trying I, to get your hands on one of those?
4: I still am. I'm still <laughs> looking. So if any listeners have it, I've got plenty to trade with you. Um, I think that's, the, that's the best the application
1: I've seen of the the oval, the oval Teen dog, right? I mean, the oval dog. That it fit really well on that jersey. And that jersey is 100% not a style I appreciate at all. I'm not a fan of the camo jerseys. I think they, I don't know, I just, they don't work on a hockey jersey to me. But no. the dog fit on that really well. and The colors worked really well for that, I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And I think that's the case with a lot of those one-off jerseys. I'm sure they don't get a lot of thought put into them by the sports marketing department. It's, hey, we need something. Let's put it together. The manufacturer probably doesn't spend a lot of time in it. That's certainly what happened this year,
0: because I don't think anybody (laughs) really cared for that one.
4: Uh, It was not high on my style list, but uh, I bought two anyway to help out a good cause. So they'll be landing in the collection here shortly.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Um, Congratulations.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Um, The last one I put on the list here for, for Michigan Tech, and this is another one that I have been searching for for 20-plus years, the first year that we brought the beloved piano dog to the Michigan Tech ice rink, uh, 1993-94, it first appeared on our white jersey. We wore that style for one year with a three-color neck uh, that I thought added a little bit more class to it. It kind of stood out. I have never seen one of those jerseys in person since 1994, not in the hands of a jersey collector, a fan, a player, the team. Uh, It's like they either got put into a capsule somewhere when we built a new building, or they're in a box somewhere. Uh, But I have asked every person uh, that I can think of as to where those jerseys went. I've heard a few rumors, none of which panned out to be true, but I have never seen one of those jerseys in person. So if anybody knows where those are, drop me a line.
0: (laughs) Do you even have a picture of those somewhere?
4: Yeah, on my website. You know, I do try to document all the styles that have been worn over the years, even if I don't have one. You know, that <laughs> was in the mid 90s, there, 93, 94. And uh, they made the cover of the yearbook uh, the following year, but never seen a physical jersey since then. I even talked to Bob Mancini about them, and uh, he said he had a couple blank ones. Ironically, Now, this is a story he told me when we briefly discussed them. Bauer was sponsoring all the WCHA back then, so they let all the teams order one set of jerseys a year. And when Bob filled out the order, they were supposed to get, I think, like 30 or 35 jerseys, so there was going to be some extras. He still wanted them numbered, so he wrote the number, and then he wrote blank for the name. Bauer actually (laughs) produced the jerseys with blank. Written out like the name on the nameplate, and Bob <laughs> said he took one of those jerseys. Um, but yeah, that's funny. He, he didn't know where the rest of them went, but he had that one. And when I asked him about it, then he stopped replying. So I guess that means it's not available to me.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised. That's how that goes sometimes. Huh? Dustin, what's your favorite jersey that you can recall, or current, or whatever?
3: Well, I don't have nearly the history but i think my favorite is i i i can't pick out a specific year but it's the classic gold with the script huskies it's hard to deny how good the current, the
1: current one ones are the my
3: favorite iteration of them
0: yeah but i uh i think i did like so on your site there the did we ever wear anything that matches the 94 prototypes ryan that you have?
4: Yeah, those are from the GLI, and uh, we did wear the version that was made by Aaron uh, Manufacturing. They basically, CCM and Aaron's just submitted prototypes to see who was gonna produce the jerseys, and Aaron's ended up making the jerseys for all four participants that year. I believe Cornell was the invite team, and then State and Michigan as well. I actually got both of those jerseys um, from the CCM rep at the time, And he just kept them because they were kind of unique. And uh, I found one of them on eBay, got talking to him, and he says, well, I've actually got this other one from Aaron's as well. He wanted to keep it, uh, but eventually he parted with that one as well and let me have that for the collection. But there's been a couple of those GLI anniversary jerseys, uh, 94 and 99, come to mind. I'm pretty sure those went to the players, so I've never seen those in person. But at least I feel like I have a good idea where they went. Um, they were probably just gifted to the players when the tournament was over because I don't think we ever wore them again once that tournament was over.
0: So that one, I like that gold, but I I think it's hard to top the current gold. Uh, well, at least the current gold the players are wearing, maybe not the ones that I'm able to get my hands on. But the the other jersey, like I think my favorite white jersey that they have ever had, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Cooperall jersey the 90 jersey? <laughs> that only if you include jersey. the pants. Uh, no, I love the <laughs> I love the the fingertip to fingertip striping on the shoulders. I've always kind of dig that. That's why I always liked that. Uh, the Jamie Russell, the first black jersey he had after the dazzle. I don't know if I saw that on your site at all. Do you have any of those?
4: Um. Uh, yeah, they should be both styles. During the Russell era, they really stayed consistent with just the Huskies script across the front, the dazzle material. The only difference was that in 2010 to 2012, they put Michigan Tech in the tail underneath the Huskies. That was the the one variation that changed from 2009 to 2010. Other than that, the jerseys are nearly identical.
0: We're missing. Was it before? Oh, there it is. Your your um. John Scott autographed jerseys, the one I'm thinking of. I don't like oh, the okay. Michigan Tech block arched, but I like the shoulder striping. I have that jersey. Yeah. That might actually be my first, oh, my second um, shirtless guy jersey I ever got.
4: Well, that, that OT sports era that they did most of the jerseys when Russell was the coach, I don't know how we ever hooked up with them, but he, he stuck with them pretty much for his entire era they tend to really try to push a lot of prototypes onto Tech. I have a good connection down at OT Sports that he's sold me a few over the years. Um, One of them is uh, from uh, Casey, who never even showed up on the Tech campus. Uh, From what I was told, he couldn't make grades to come to Tech, but um, he went on to a great pro career anyway. I mean, he played minor league hockey for many seasons, but that's another version where, had those jerseys actually made it onto the ice, and OT Sports produced, from what I can tell, an entire set of those jerseys, but they just never got on the backs of our players. But they had the black striping, uh, again, from one sleeve all the way over the shoulders down the other side. Again, for whatever reason, they didn't end up on our uh, on our team, but they were kind of unique. They had presented a camouflage option to Tech. And uh, most recently, I just found out they had presented a gold jersey option with a gold Huskies crest, which was a little weird looking in my opinion because the, the crest really didn't stand out. But that was just a month and a half ago or so. I found out about those and, and got a couple of those from the OT sports rep that he had sitting around still. So
0: Take my money? Is that what happened, Ryan?
4: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he was kind of just giving them away <laughs> at this point. They were, they were clutter in his house, and I said, hey, they're, they're kind of historical items even though they were never used. It's kind of cool to see what things were at least thought about and tried, even though they weren't ultimately used.
3: Yeah, I, I also really like the that classic interlocking MCM jersey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish we had a good picture of that and they could do something. I, I've said for two years now that they should do something like the... Uh, the, the come up with some kind of the MCM interlocking and then do do that on a uh, something similar to the bruins winter classic jersey i think was last year yep. um like the black with the black and yellow sleeves pretty yeah. basic but i think that pretty kind of fits with right the there. era um that we're talking about so um,
4: yeah i've i've done a few uh, road games for photography already this season for the non-conference games and i've kind of tried to get some information out of uh cal larson there in, in the sports information group and he's being really tight-lipped about uh what they're going to do for the 100th season but he said that's one that they're trying to pull off he says they just they need help with the graphics because there's there's just really no good photographic record from back then there's a couple grainy photos and uh i too would love to see that mcm style on a nice cream colored jersey or something striped for the 100th season but uh I guess it remains to be seen what they can pull off next season, but uh, if it's something new and unique, I'm sure I'll be thrilled about it, and hopefully a lot of other Tech fans will as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, they they haven't done much wrong in the jersey department in, I don't know, the last six years now? No,
1: the jerseys that we've got now, I think I think the, the, the set of three is really where it needs to be. It's, I wouldn't change much with it at all at this point, to be honest. As much as Ryan four. doesn't like that opinion, the three we have now, I think, are as good as you're gonna get. Four, four. Ah, uh, sure, four. I don't like the new whites. Change the whites around. You don't. You
0: don't like the new whites. <laughs> nah, the new
1: whites, I'm not a huge fan of the the creams, the golds, and the blacks. I think are pretty much as good as they can be at this point.
0: What I wish they would do is. Uh, I, in the grand scheme of things if they hadn't replaced the whites i would have just not replaced the whites and gone with a like a dark gray or a dark silver or something else that can be considered a road jersey and just had two road jerseys and two home jerseys and and because i don't like the fact that you you have three well i like the whites so you have these three great jerseys but you only get to wear them part of half of the games all year and then you have the black jerseys that get worn half the year like why why do that instead of yeah. having like give your give
3: your players choices for both home and away um i want a black and silver jersey with no gold on it
0: that'd be kind of cool just have the gold only on the uh, um on the husky script or whatever they did there instead of well i think th- patches. that
1: that right there ties into what i'm going to go with my favorite jersey that i can remember from being a little kid is the the early 90s black jerseys that have the husky script on the front with the white stripes that's i think one of my favorite styles that we don't see anymore the, the black with the, the white huskies script instead of the black husky script i really like those like uh the the jeff hill and liam garvey ones from your site you know those ones there are what i remember as a little kid when we travel and get to see so those those are one of my favorites by far
4: yeah that was really when uh black kind of made a comeback and uh you know, you talked about the black and silver. I'm kind of picturing like the 1990s, what they call the Chevy logo, Los Angeles Kings jerseys of that era when Gretzky was there. I, I agree. That would be a sharp look for the Huskies as well.
1: But, yeah, another dark jersey wouldn't be a bad thing.
4: Yeah,
0: would be interesting. All right. Well, I think. Is there anything else anybody wants? To, well, Ryan could keep talking forever, but are we pretty much done? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yep, anything I got, else you want to talk about on the actual podcast? I've got to get home. You've got to get home. I
1: going to get nap. All app,
0: right. But... Uh, yeah, and you've got to get up for work in like five hours, six yeah, hours. Yeah, I got
1: to work at one thirty.
0: Right, oh, even sooner. Yep. Uh, Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Patrons at our black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including the unpublished episode zero and extended cuts like this one hundred and two minute podcast. Follow us at on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through our email address, chasing Mac at TechHockeyguide.com. Or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash chasing We'll play it on the air if you actually do that, somebody. Uh, don't forget to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. Please rate, review, share, leave a comment. We need your help to get more interest. Find more people to listen. Please check out Jonathan's May, This series previews every Friday and Mike Antleitner's Old Dog in Texas column every Wednesday. Um, I'm working on additional content, including the All-Decade team. Hopefully I'll have something for you guys next week on that. You can find all this and more at techhockeyguide.com. Thanks to our newest patrons one more time, Patrick Coro and Ben Whistler. We really appreciate your commitment to the podcast. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for being kind enough to record a new introduction for the podcast and our patron saint, Doc Mcreson for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode if you like what you hear, check them out at the thank you notes.bandcamp.com. And one final note, we are looking for a graphics designer to help with all of the pictures and vi- vi- uh, visual effects on our Patreon site and the um, for the podcast itself. Um, the guy who we had been talking to is a little too expensive for my blood, so if anybody out there wants to help with that, is any good at that stuff, please ch- uh, hit me up and we can try and figure something out.